0: So you didn't like it? Saw it Gosh, reviewed. It's horrible. I haven't seen it. I don't think we put it on. We didn't do a show, did we? Yeah. We did? We did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't wait to talk about you did it. did a
1: whole podcast about it and you don't remember. I
0: it. couldn't wait to talk about it. But that doesn't mean that I like the movie.
2: Have you, did you, you like it? I haven't no, seen it. No, it, it's yeah. slowly gone up in my esteem <laughs> thinking <laughs> about it. Just that first scene, the title sequence. Well, and then I heard the director, Tom Ford, talk about that scene. I mean, he talked about the whole thing. I, yeah. You can't you know, say it, anything more. It's still more not a great film.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't want to ruin the experience.
2: Arguably, one of the most fun movies to go watch with an audience. Yeah, of the year if you like watching audiences leave movies, right?
0: Would you take like? Would you like people to take someone?
2: Oh yeah, and it was interesting. Like some people walked out during that first scene, and you're like, okay, I can understand that. <laughs>
1: the first scene, yeah. Your
2: your I'm sensibilities have been offended. Title sequence, yeah. Your sensibilities have been offended. Wow, you you are. I can understand that. You probably get your and money then back. And then some people walked out <laughs> fifteen minutes in, and there's a fairly dramatic, suspense filled scene. And I can see people going, ah, I just I can't handle this, and walking out. We had people walking out after an hour. I think, what, and what, it was amazing that they could slog through the movie because that they were long.
0: they were sold a, f- a false bill of sale, and then they realized ah, I don't want this anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah, but after an sure hour, happened. you're like, you just gotta get to the end.
0: I'd be interested to see what you think of it because I mean some some people respond to it.
1: Yeah, I don't. Both sort of like I like it. the actors that are in it. So I did too, and I like I like the other movie that Tom Ford did. I liked A Single Man* very much. So, but I don't. I don't know. I what I've read about this movie, it doesn't. I don't. I can't figure out if I'd like it or not based on what I've read about it. It's
0: definitely an experience. It's, it's worth seeing, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody except maybe you.
1: Maybe so you it was a kid. movie that you're glad you saw, but it wasn't entertaining or enjoyable. No,
0: not on the same level. It didn't It didn't inspire me intellectually. But the conversation about it is okay. interesting.
2: I, I wanted to recommend it to my dad because it would be the <laughs> ultimate gag movie, too. You're trying to rickroll your dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, my dad would be so pissed. <laughs> he'd leave after the first... I don't, I kind of want to be outside the theater. My dad to would watch, just yeah. My to dad would watch him just to storm out. <laughs> <sighs> 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 Stupid son! What are the, uh, the. <laughs> Giving him a, yeah, a little ticket little to lore. another movie. <laughs> Here you go, Dad. Here's a ticket to Sully.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the good stuff. Welcome back to the. the welcome back again. I don't know what I want to say. Are we ready to go? Yeah. You want to stand turn it over. I can, I can cut it out later. <laughs> Might want to use some of that stuff for outtakes, you never know.
2: It's going to be a lot of outtakes. <sighs> the cup runneth over. <laughs> Welcome back to The
0: Good Stuff, Ooh The way. Laugh Podcast, top 10 episode number 2, 5 through number 1. We're your hosts. I'm Richard Lusk, over there is Ryan Bull. How are you, sir? Doing well. And here's Howdy. our... You're doing well?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Howdy. 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 <laughs> And we also have our special guest, returning co-host and entrepreneur, (laughs) Scott Lasky.
1: How How am I an entrepreneur? Uh,
0: I don't know. I couldn't think of what I wanted to say. What are you, the
1: That That is coming back for the third year in
2: a row to give your top ten list? Fourth year? Uh, Maybe third, not four.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: Well, if you listened to the last episode, we made quite a few mistakes about actors and movie titles. Directors, things like that, but we're back here for another <laughs> go at it. <laughs>
1: Truth be
2: damned,
0: <laughs> we're gonna run down our list of top movies. If you want to go through uh, your 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 bottom five of your top ten, there, Mister Lasky, what did what was sure your ten number ten
1: six? was Hello, my name is Doris. Number nine, Florence Foster Jenkins. Number eight, Sully. Number seven. Hidden Figures, and number six, Loving. Mm, uh, Mr. Booth. My list at t- at the
2: 10 spot, it's Fences. Coming in at nine was Cafe Society. <laughs> <laughs> You're still amazed by that. No, no, I just, none of these movies are okay. Go, oh. already good. You're about, <laughs> no, 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 no. I hadn't seen any except for Sully. Go ahead. Uh, number eight is Hail Caesar. Seven was Sully. And number six was Midnight Special.
0: So we had a few crossovers. Uh, My number 10 was 10 Cloverfield Lane, because I'm trying to be cute. Number nine was Jungle Book. My number eight film was Green Room. Number seven, The Nice Guys. And number six was Hail Caesar. So we had a couple of crossovers there. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Bull, I don't think I had any of your top ten. Do you think there'll be any crossovers coming up here?
1: in our top five well i've got a crossover with mr bull for sure i'm not okay. sure about you so far no yeah, could we, I, your top five might surprise me i don't know we'll see
0: Yeah, because you hinted it your tastes at tend to
1: be a little bit more esoteric better? <laughs> i would say esoteric but you know potato potato i just say better <laughs> of better, course better than who the <laughs> best Better than a blind mute? Well, I believe I won the last <laughs>
2: podcast. You both
1: agreed. It was
2: unanimous. Uh,
1: that was not unanimous. <laughs> I actually disagreed with someone winning the podcast so quickly. We were only on number nine. And we hadn't even heard our number nine. All we had heard is your number nine. So
2: That's all it was. <laughs> I think it was a
1: little too early for anyone to win. Are you willing to concede now that I won that podcast? I don't know. I don't have the twisted relationship you two have. <laughs> I wasn't surprised by your choice, but... I also haven't seen the movie, so I don't even know why it's surprising.
0: What Cafe Society?
1: Yeah. Okay. Fine. I well, mean, I d- I'm sorry, I am sorry I, you know, you guys do this every week. I'm just here every once in a while, so I didn't surprise me, but
0: Well, let's see who wins this podcast.
1: Okay. <laughs> well I don't know. I think I've got a good shot at that because I think, I think my <laughs> number one is a little bit surprised. It surprised the heck out of me, I'll tell you that much. I think I'm the front runner myself. I would not have guessed that.
0: But, Mr. Bull, what's your number five, then?
2: My number five is Joshy. And away we go.
1: (laughs) Also esoteric.
2: My favorite movie from the summer. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. uh, Adam (laughs) Scott. (laughs) Joshy is a micro-budget film (laughs) that stars Thomas Middleditch and uh, other people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you maybe lose uh, Nick Kroll was also in the movie Kroll, uh maybe. Jenny Slate uh <laughs> it, the movie just it, it's a comedy about a guy whose wedding gets called off abruptly right but he still goes and has his bachelor party weekend <laughs> uh it's a funny movie there's some serious drama it just it worked for me. I loved it. I tried to get you to watch it. You I watched half refused. of it.
0: No, I didn't refuse.
2: I watched half um, of it. I was so big on the film and my growing appreciation for Nick Kroll that we reviewed another micro-budget film later that year, uh, My Blind Brother. Better movie.
0: <laughs> much better movie. Um, you just lost the podcast. And so
2: just, B- Blind Brother, depending on the time of day, could be in my top ten. Hmm. I, I really enjoyed that movie as well, but Joshy man fantastic film i wish more people had seen it including mr lasky
0: (laughs) i wonder what uh mr lasky would think is this weird independent comedy that has sort of dark overtones uh again there's some pocket drama element to it where i mean because it's a micro budget or a small budget they don't go you know in the really wide directions uh
1: they don't film any scenes at, like, the Taj Mahal. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, uh,
2: Mostly in bedrooms. and uh, Yeah, this little cabin. But the movie just works. For whatever reason, it speaks it to me. It was released this year? It, I saw it this yeah. year. It came out, yeah, I believe yeah. this summer. It's not on the list of available. It's one movies. of those independent. I don't think they yeah. put it in a lot of theaters. Uh, it was uh, video on demand is how I saw it. So oh, it's okay. one of
0: these movies that, what, it may be, uh, Hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget, something mm-hmm. like that. Something, you know, they they just get together with their friends and they make a movie, and and it appeals to an audience of at least one.
2: I think there's also something it they're playing characters who are about my age and kind of that transition from right. young adulthood into becoming more serious and settling down.
1: So, when do you think you might start that transition?
2: I don't know. My <laughs>
1: wife is waiting for that day.
0: Jenny Slade is
1: quickly becoming
0: one of my favorite uh, actresses. Like, just hasn't really had her due
2: yet, but I think she might. I mean, her best performing movies, unfortunately, you don't see her in them because they're all animated. She was in The Secret Life of Pets, she was uh, oh. the female dog.
0: Right, but she was also, last year, she did uh, uh, Curious Child or what? Uh, yeah,
2: something.
0: Curious Child. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. And then she has a movie out at Sundance that's making waves. I can't remember the title, but uh, it might, I think it was brought up by Amazon and uh, I think they're going to give it a, th- a wide theatrical release. So uh, not girl fight, something like that. But uh, yeah. So Jenny Slate was also in my blind brother. If, if you wanted to see that movie, Joshi or my blind brother, my recommendation would be my blind brother, but
2: <laughs> having seen only one of the two movies,
0: <laughs> no, I saw half of Joshi. I saw enough, to know not to recommend it.
2: Wow, you weren't gripped within the first two minutes of that film?
0: I mean I might have had the grips.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, fine, fine. Well, speaking of old people, only an old person would talk about the grips.
0: <laughs> Look, I so I could star in one of your movies, is that what you're trying to say?
1: I think so. Right. I think yeah, I think well, next year <laughs> you're gonna be on my list, the story of Richard Lust. Well, young, whippers.
0: <laughs> young whippersnapper, what's your number five movie? <laughs>
1: well this is a crossover moment uh, my number five is Fences um, i do not not going to spend a lot of time talking about it since Ryan's already talked about it other than um, well, when I was reading some of the reviews of the film um, someone uh, in their review mentioned it was the African American answer to Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman which I thought was an intriguing idea and I think probably pretty apt um uh the tragedy of the disappearing middle class um, struggling to be extraordinary in circumstances that won't allow it so again that idea of circumstances um, another picture of a marriage love and devotion um, maybe where it's not merited but it was certainly there and of course the acting is phenomenal this is where I call Viola Davis the black Meryl Streep I think she can do anything she just hasn't been given the opportunities But the black Octavia I, Spencer I recently saw her on uh, inside the acting studio, and they showed clips of everything she's done, and she's the best thing of every movie she's been in. And she's acted with Meryl Streep, ironically, so that's saying a lot.
2: Yeah, but, uh, she was very good in Doubt.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking uh, yeah. of, in that she's only in the movie like six minutes or eight minutes, and she was nominated for the Academy Award, and she, I still remember that scene from the movie. It really made an impact. And I think that might have been the first time I was really aware of who she was.
0: Is she not the odds on favorite to win an award? I Academy think she's going to win.
1: Yeah, I think she's going to win this year, and deservedly so. She's the black it would Leonardo be, DiCaprio. I think it would be a travesty if she did not win Best Supporting Actress. Ironically, she should be up for Best Actress, but she and her team, I think, chose to go the Best Supporting Actress route because oh, she okay. knew she had a better chance um, going that way, which is something that a lot of actors do knowing that they have a better shot even though it's a lead role yeah and
2: i think she has a shot at pulling off the sandra bullock it'll only be the second time in history that someone's won an academy award for acting and a razzie for acting in the same year i believe oh she get a razzie for uh ensemble for suicide squad even though she Uh, is the
0: best part of that technically yeah well she's part of the cast
1: if they're giving it to the ensemble she can't escape it but yeah she's that shouldn't deserve a Razzie for that.
0: They haven't awarded the Razzies yet, have they? The movie's Not yet. So bad. I think it's the day before yeah. the
2: Oscars. Probably, though, uh, Batman v
1: Superman's going to sweep. Yeah, it seems. That, it so. would... that would make sense since it was my least favorite movie I saw last year. It Except... was number 37 out of 37 for me, personally.
0: Except they might do that just so that they could have Octavia Spencer at, you know, maybe she'll go and show up and take the award.
2: <laughs> All right. What's your number five,
0: Lusk? Number five is going to be a little bit of a surprise, I think, for you. And uh, Like mine
2: have been surprises for you?
0: No, I think you know that I like this movie, but I don't... I think that you'll be surprised to find out how much it's grown in my estimation. And it's the only movie that I've seen recently that made my top ten. Most of the other movies... Uh, you know, I was waiting until January to see movies that had uh, finally made it to our area, but... This is nineteen. Uh, this is Martin Scorsese's take on the nineteen sixty six novel called Silence.
1: Oh, you saw it? Yes,
0: I did. I'm dying to see it. Well, I'm dying. To you you see might it. just die because it's not. I think they're going to pull it out of theaters. Uh, I, there might be. You might be able to see it over in Norfolk, but I know it's not going to. It's not around any, here.
1: Uh, well, no, anymore. it was released. Last weekend, I think, and yeah. already they're only playing it at ten o'clock at night. Period. That's yeah. it. Like it's already halfway out the door.
0: I think it's worth it for someone like you to see it right? because, I mean, I, I think you'll enjoy it and I think you'll love it. But I'm not. I'm not sure that anybody. Like I, I don't know who else I could recommend it toward. Uh, maybe, maybe our other sometime co-host Scanlan, because it deals with issues of. Man's place in the world uh, against their idea or concept of God. So it's, it's got this huge grappling of uh, where we stand in relation to our religious beliefs, and it sort of discusses the nature of piety and hypocrisy, and uh, how it's, it's an interesting subplot or an, uh, a sub theme in it about how much human beings actually have control over God as much as God controls them. And that that's sort of how it's woven its way into my psyche. I find out. Uh, I find that since I've seen it, since I've seen it, I've been thinking about it more than probably any of these other movies. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to sit through. There's a lot of gore, and not necessarily gore. None of it's gratuitous, but there is some really intense sequences of physical, uh, not violence and um torture that would put a lot of people off i think there's one scene in particular i'll just call it the wave scene where it's it's basically this movie is about the japanese inquisition of christians which i didn't even realize this is a segment of our history that i didn't even realize existed but uh apparently in japan they didn't really want christians there because they had a strong buddhist uh sort of stranglehold on the villagers and peasants of Japan and they wanted to keep the Christians out. So in order to do that, they enacted quite a few pretty hideous tortures to do so. And these tortures are displayed on screen. Uh, The wave scene in particular involves intense physical uh, acting, like kind of like the revenant. So for me, the, sort of juxtaposition of this beautiful island setting and the the way that we exist in this world and sort of interact with nature and the hideousness of humans sort of interacting with themselves was is what compels me and I keep going back to it stars andrew garfield as sebastio rodriguez Adam Driver, who was excellent in it, is Francisco Garupe. Liam Neeson has a small acting role. I'm surprised he's not for a best, uh, not up for a best supporting actor. Uh, and the person that really t- kind of takes the film away for me is Esi Ogata, who plays Inoue Masagi, who was the inquisitor of the movie. And he's a sort of a comedic actor in Japan, but. He plays this role with menace and this weird sort of, uh, these weird sort of effeminate mannerisms that become grotesque in a sense. But then he also has this really, uh, steadfast viewpoint on the role of religion. And there are some interesting philosophical discussions that go on between Andrew Garfield and this guy. And for me, I just, like I say, I just keep coming back to it. And revisiting it in my head, and it, it makes me sort of really excited about things that are intellectual and uh, not necessarily entertaining, which is a theme I talked about in the last show. So
1: anyway, number five, do you, silence. Did you, this has been mentioned as one of the big snubs this year at the Oscars. Are Do you think it is a snub that this did not get nominated for anything at all? Besides Liam Neeson, like the director or the best picture?
0: It didn't get any of the acting awards or any of those. It did get cinematography award okay, nomination, but And I think it might win when I looked at the other ones. So I, I your question is about...
1: Best picture or best director, I
0: guess, is my question. It's such a weird... I mean, it's a tough film to, to handle. And because of that, because of the subject matter, I think it turned
1: a lot of people off. It's a little... But I mean, would you... If you were going to name... Movies you thought should be best nominated, best picture, not necessarily win, but nominated, best picture. Would you maybe put it on that list? I know you haven't really thought about it.
0: I hadn't thought about it as much. I do see why it was left off personally. I mean, it's okay. This could have been higher when I see it again. I'll probably have a better appreciation for it. The fact that I saw it in the movie theater made it this high. If I had seen it on a you know, at home or a place where I would have been interrupted a lot, then, uh, it probably, I, I don't even know if I would have, it, it would have made my top 20, but because of the cinematography and because of the, the breadth of the, of the story, I think it's, it's beyond excellent. However, that being said, they do, he, he does mishandle some things. Okay. I, and I think intentionally, cause I don't think that his, Purpose isn't to be a, a historical record. I think he's operating in a different uh, arena. About this was his
1: dream project. He's wanted to make it for like twenty years. You can see how personal it is,
0: and you and it's not. It's not going to be. It's not fellas. It's not going to be so, something that people can. You know, it's no Hugo or anything like that. Like people are just not going to be drawn to it because of the subject matter and because it's such a personal film. But the idea that it can be so at once so insanely personal and introspective and then so broad and uh you know just transcendental sort of that uh that combination of things makes it really an excellent movie to see in the theaters so silence is my number five maybe i should shut up about it because of the title irony is always good did that surprise you at all or no all right
2: Fair enough. It's mean, no Joshy pick. You've been talking about the movie a lot, and because I listen to you, that's <laughs> I understand. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number four is the Nice Guys. I think you had it. What seven or eight? Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Black directed and wrote the film. Stars Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, and, and Gory Rice, who might be the next Natalie Portman, like the young child star. That I mean, she's a wonderful young actress. You, I mean, I'm, you beat I'm me to
0: the punch on that. I, you were just about to say it. Well, I, I have a different actress in mind.
2: Oh, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> right. But um, she's great. Uh, the whole cast, tons of laughs, lots of action. Uh, the plot makes little sense, but I don't think the plot is really doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like if you tried to explain to someone everything that happens and why it happens, it, it doesn't matter. It's from scene to scene, things make sense, and you understand what the characters' motivations are, and I was so busy laughing my head off throughout this film. I was just so happy and I'd been having a bad day and I was frustrated to so to sit down on a Friday afternoon and watch this film. Uh, it was a very enjoyable experience. I wish more people had gone to the theaters and seen this. I think it underperformed. So I'm worried that Shane Black isn't going to get the budget that he wants or even needs for a Predator. But hopefully oh. people realize just how talented this guy is and eventually... He's going to get his due. I thought you were one. You
0: were worried they wouldn't be a sequel because I mean it's set up for a sequel, and I want to see these
2: people in another. Yeah, movie. Yeah, I
1: don't know that it'll get a sequel. It did underperform. Shoo! That came and but, went pretty quickly, and
2: I don't know if we need a sequel. I, I, I no, I, I want because then we would also need a sequel to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
0: No, but well, I definitely want to see Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling team and, up again. Yeah, and. Their interactions and behaviors may, it doesn't have to be a sequel to this movie, but a, another movie, another vehicle with them in it. <laughs> where Russell Crowe lets Ryan Gosling have the spotlight in the movie. I mean, Russell Crowe takes a back seat, he's a supporting actor in this role. And the fact that he's able to do that p- sort of put his big ego in check makes it a better movie, I think.
2: He still gets his share of laughs, but he also doesn't come off as the buffoon. Right. He's the straight man. And I I think, but that's what he wants, I I think. All right. So anyway, I I really liked it. It's my four pick. Um, I'm surprised how many comedies are coming up here at the end of my list because I didn't think it was that funny of a year, but apparently (laughs) I'm wrong. So uh, the the first of many, or the second, I'm sorry, of many comedies to come. Oh, wow. Fair enough.
0: All right. My number four pick. My number four pick is another religious movie. The Witch. Also known as The Vitch. Uh, actually, one of these movies that came out in 2015, but I saw it in 2016. I'm not really sure where it fits because it'll never be nominated for anything, but it is a uh, sort of a historical period, picture, supernatural, psychological horror movie. The horror part is the least... Im- the, the least important part of the movie, but it is the pretty much the only thing that uh, sort of inspired the marketing for it. So a whole lot of audiences or a whole lot of people went to go see this movie. It was actually, I mean, it made 40 million. So pretty good hit for this guy, Um, Robert Eggers and his directorial debut. Quite a few people went to see it, but quite a few people probably disappointed with it because it's so weird and sort of twisted. It sort of turns in on itself. This stars uh, Ralph Innocent as William. Uh, Kate Dickey stars as Catherine. Uh, Young Harvey Scrimshaw as Caleb. And Charlie the Goat stars as Black Phillip. (laughs) Actor of the year uh, for this movie. But the person that I was thinking of that is the next Natalie Portman is young Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Thomason. Probably... This is the best acting debut I think uh, by a young female actress since Natalie Portman in *The Professional*. And there's she, her star is about to shine. This girl is going is going to go places. She's most recently was in uh, *Split*. Split, and then there was a movie. Oh, Morgan. She was also in *Morgan* earlier this year. She had three movies that came out this year, and I think *The Witch* is the best of them. I saw all three. She is uh, the best part of *Split*. She's excellent. This has stuck with me, as, I mean, longer than Silence because I saw it earlier in the year. I think it came out in maybe March, mm-hmm. late February. It's insanely original, and um, I just I, I don't know. I anything I say about it in terms of plot is c- could tend into spoiler territory, but it's basically about a young girl uh, who's in a Puritan family. Who encounters the forces of evil in the woods, and they leave uh, when they sort of get ostracized by their Puritan community? They have this isolated yeah, farm. They get
2: ostracized because their family feels that the Puritans are being a little too loose with their morals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they think that the Puritans are too loose.
2: <laughs> they're not going to be.
0: They're not going to be uh, subjugated to this uh, non-Puritanical. This weird Puritanical. Yeah. Uh, sort of uh, secularist mm-hmm. secularist approach in 1588 or whenever or probably later than that 1630 yeah 1630 uh i i wish i could talk more about the ending but there's a reference there 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 is some something that happens in the end there's a quick line of dialogue i saw it recently on netflix and again and there's a there's a small line of dialogue at the end that makes you question the choices of the character and whether or not we are able to control ourselves and to control our intentions towards good or evil. There's like this balance between good and evil. And there's that struggle. We're always sort of somewhere in between. And young Anya Taylor-Joyce Thomason is is sort of on that balance or that teeter-totter. And something happens, and I, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but there's a line of dialogue that suggests that maybe she's not as in control as as it seemed at first glance. So, The Witch is my number four movie of the year.
2: Strong. I think it was the best horror movie that came out.
0: Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it was that scary.
2: It's just who's It was the best it was Creepy. Horror, yeah. Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the best Brilliant trailer like of the year. Yeah. If you go watch The Witch, uh, the Black
1: Phillip cut. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But make they sure are, you've really seen the movie first. <laughs> right. So, not bad. Uh, what's your number four, Lasky? Uh,
1: my number four is La La Land. Um, oh, which, um, not to get ahead of myself, but I predict will probably win Best Picture, it seems most likely. Um, and I was kind of curious as to where this would fall on my list. I knew it wasn't going to be number one, but I didn't know where it would fit in the grander scheme of all the movies I've seen. Um, I had mixed feelings about it um going in and even during the film um i think in the middle it dragged a little but overall i was won over and i left the theater uh, figuratively dancing down the street and singing oh, a happy well,
0: I, tune that needed to be literal too
1: yeah it I'm wasn't just picturing literal, that but now. figuratively i was um <laughs>
0: like jumping on tables and spitting
1: but i um i was ultimately won over and um admire greatly what Damien Chazelle the director accomplished I think um, he definitely deserves everything they want to throw at him because it is I wrote a master class in the power of a director's vision and the synthesis of every element of film including costume cinematography art direction even color palette um, it's so well thought out and put together everything is clearly been planned and it's it's Excellent in every way that a movie can be excellent. Um, But it is a throwback to old Hollywood musicals, which is not my personal favorite. I tend to like modern musicals better. So I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy it. And though it does follow in that grand tradition, it's still modern and fresh, not stale. So it kind of connects to the past but reaches into the future at the same time. It shows what the movie musical can and should be going forward. Um and it though it's a musical, um there is a tragic aspect to their relationship, um and I'm trying not to spoil too much. Um it is bittersweet and still uplifting and joyous. Um and again, I realize coming back through this list and to this movie and going through everything else that I've talked about, um it also speaks to the importance of kindness. But I can't really explain why, because that would definitely spoil something important. Um, but the first 30 minutes of the movie are mind-blowing. And the last 30 minutes are truly, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, he deserves every award there is. It's, it's great filmmaking. Filmmaking at its best. But I do think it drags a little in the middle. So I can't say, personally, it would be my best picture or my number one movie of the year.
2: So an added benefit to this movie is there's a built-in bathroom break time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sure. So and I also think the music itself is the weakest part of this musical, which is ironic in a musical. Does
0: the what is the third is the opening 30 minutes better than the last thirty minutes or is it the other way around?
1: No, the last thirty minutes are the best part of the movie, but the first thirty minutes are excellent. Like I I wouldn't miss the first 30 minutes either, but if I had to choose the two, the last 30 minutes, it's kind of mind blowing. It's, I didn't see it coming and it made me reevaluate everything. Huh. It, it, I can't say much cause it spoils, see, but it really kind of makes you reevaluate everything.
0: Did you see Damien Chazelle's whiplash? I did.
1: I did. Because and it's not a movie. I can, there's a movie I can say that I'm glad I saw it. Um, but it, was not a movie I'd ever want to see again. Well, I enjoyed watching it. It was really well done in every, you know, it was perfectly made, but not a not a thing I want to subject myself to again.
0: Because if you think about the theme of the power of kindness and then the uplifting, joyous ending of this movie, it probably
1: is vastly different than what Chazelle was able to create with Whiplash. Well, he wanted to make this movie first, but he made Whiplash because he knew it would give him the ability to make a movie like this. Cause you know, there's not for a brand new director. Right. No studio is going to go, Oh, you want to make an old Hollywood style musical? Yeah, great. I'll give you 10, you know, hundred million dollars. Sure. Go ahead. So he actually, I read somewhere he did whiplash specifically so that he could do this. Cause what this was, was, this was actually the movie he wanted to do first. What
0: was, what was the piano movie that had Toby uh, Tobey Maguire in it? Oh, um, uh, piano. Uh, it was his first movie. Chazelle, yeah, Damien Chazelle did that.
2: Oh, the one—it's it, like Dead it, Silence or something. Yeah, there's
0: no, there's one. It's a one title. I think it's a one word title. And so it's Toby a Toby McGuire piano.
2: Maybe? Yeah, isn't it Toby uh, Maguire? That's not ringing any bells for uh, me. No, it's Elijah Wood. <laughs> oh, sorry,
0: I always get those two guys confused. Well, that's not ringing any bells either. Uh, but it's a lot of it's done with a single take, and uh, it's a virtuoso camera performance as well as a musical. Well this is this on, movie so.
1: was clearly storyboarded uh, extensively. I mean everything he utilizes every tool in the box. Great camera work. I mean you can just tell it's his vision yeah, I, from I, top I, to bottom. I mean clearly the collaboration was important. He couldn't have done it by himself, but he had a vision and it's all there on the screen and it's beautiful to look at. I mean you could almost there are certain parts of the movie where you could almost turn the sound off and just look at it and it's just Beautiful and incredible. I wanted, and I also have to mention one last thing I left off is um, it's a celebration of art, not just the movie musical, but dance, jazz, acting, filmmaking. Because of course, Emma Stone is a wannabe actress, and Ryan Gosling plays a wannabe jazz musician, and he also did all of his own piano playing, which is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and shoot. the choreography was. I'm sorry for two non dancers. The choreography was. Really well done whoa, whoa, very effective. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll. Ryan Gosling is a dancer. He was on the Mickey Mouse Club. I know he was on the <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club, but I don't know that he's a trained dancer. Uh, uh, I know he was on the Mickey Mouse Club. I'm aware. Yeah. He and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yes. So. It's called Grand Piano. I actually... This movie reintroduced me to Ryan Gosling. I, he'd kind of fallen off my radar. I'd kind of forgotten how much I like him and how... I agree that he could be the next Tom Hanks. He's truly, truly talented. He's, I thought he, (laughs) he did a lot with his face and his eyes. Um, there was a lot of silent acting going on with him. And, um, of course, Emma stone is equally talented and was able to make the interior exterior a talent that I don't think all actresses and actors Mm -hmm. have. So definitely worth seeing a great film, but, not my pick for number one or really for best picture of the year. Or two or three. Instead, Apparently it's, it's, it's four. your pick yeah, for number four. <laughs> four. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh,
2: Grey piano? Yeah. yeah. The piano movie? Uh, written by Damien Chazelle. Okay. Uh, Who's the In, director? Ingino Mara. Okay.
0: Mira. Fair enough. Uh, you have a number four or are you on number
2: three? Where, where I were was going to go down to three if that's all right. Did you write it ahead? I did four. Okay. Four was uh, The Nice Guys. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, three. Nice. Three is another comedy, and it's a foreign film, actually. Uh, I've shown this to my film class. It is the best comedy coming out of New Zealand this year. It is Hunt for the Wilder People, starring Sam Neill. This movie is uh, from director Tika Waititi. Tika Waititi. Yeah, that was close enough, who uh, is currently directing Thor 3. So, uh, this movie is about a manhunt for a boy who goes on the run with uh, his uncle. His adopted uncle. What the heck? Yeah, played by uh, Sam Neill. The young man is uh, Julian Dennison, who is wonderful in this film. I don't think he's going to have a huge career, though, unfortunately. I Diabetes. would love to be wrong. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he's the next Natalie Portman. <laughs> Maybe th- not. This movie... Uh, Makes you laugh, makes you cry, there are moments of action, uh, quiet drama, and the thing is, you go from those extremes every 30 seconds. I mean, you can be laughing and all of a sudden your heart is broken, and 30 seconds later you're back to laughing. Um I showed my class the first 15 minutes of this film and then turned it off. And they were really, really upset. And I can tell when a film is good because they'll go home and find it on their own to keep watching it. Because they don't want to wait until the next class period to continue. And I had three or four kids do that. And they came in and they're like, that thing is awesome. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're going to cross streams on this. Yeah, we will be
0: crossing streams on Hunt for the Wilder People. I'll save... My commentary until I get yeah. to it.
2: I guess the only other thing I'd say with Hunt for the Wheeler people, it is the movie I think that is easiest to recommend to pretty much anyone. I, I don't know anyone who would dislike this film. So, I, I like its broad appeal. So, Fair uh, that's my number three. Wow. Excellent choice there, Mr. Two-Frame, or Mr.
0: Bull. Sorry. Were you able to get uh, catch up with it?
1: I did not watch it, no. I watched Tickled, and I kind of forgot that i have it so i have not watched it sorry um you're number three but i guess maybe now i should mr Lusk. um this one surprised me a little bit and i don't know what you two will think about it. i have a pretty good idea what you'll think about it mr Lusk. um but out of all the movies that i saw this year the 37 movies that i watched um this one came in at number three captain america civil war um i think it's without a doubt, the best superhero movie made so far. Um, It successfully brings together a huge cast of different superheroes and acknowledges their unique individuality while exploring the complicated relationships that result from bringing them together. I also think this movie actually has something to say beyond just special effects and CGI. There is a bit of a philosophical exploration of the proper balance between unfettered power and overzealous oversight. Um, I think it uh, there's a, a brilliant serious undertone that's very current in analy- analyzing modern post 9/11 America. But of course it's also enormously entertaining. It was funny and thrilling with just enough gravitas and intelligence to elevate it above a typical superhero movie. I found it a fantastic synthesis of intelligent filmmaking craft and corporate branding, um, business and art, if you will. Um, I actually specifically wanted to shout out the script written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. I thought it was really, really well written. Um, and I was actually quite surprised frequently at how they brought these characters together so successfully and kind of allowed them to play off of each other and found so much authentic humor in the middle of all this action. So, um, and of course, if I'm going to continue with this thread of kindness, certainly <laughs> superheroes are mod- motivated by kindness. So that's easy. <laughs> um, so there you go. That was my number three. Maybe a bit surprising.
2: I mean, it, it had, surprised me. It had the best action scene of the year. Oh, that without air, a doubt, uh, airport, the airplane, yeah, yeah. fight scene, uh, inventive, and oftentimes in superhero movies, the X Men movies especially the characters don't get to be super powered for whatever reason. You always have to take away their powers in this. They just got to let fly. Yeah. They, it
1: was really a huge melee. They all were using their powers at full force and, and it was inventive and surprising and fun and creative. And mm-hmm. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. So, um, I don't know. What else the, to say. Well, the thing I like most—I would never it, have guessed that this would be in my top ten. It's but. actually the second best movie
0: with Captain in the title this year for me. But it's it's a seven out of ten. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Uh, might be my favorite Marvel movie after Ant Man. But the thing that I liked about it was the way it scaled down. So even though it was probably a little too long, I liked how it got down to that mono imano at the end instead of. The big, huge action, you know, the fate of the world rests on our hands uh, and on this
1: one battle, which is what, you know, this it's just a worn out trope. Well, and they also became their own antagonist. It was kind of interesting to see them pitted against each other in a way that made sense.
0: It is a a big question worldview kind of thing, but it's not fighting off aliens or, you know, there's not a big nuclear explosion or, you know, some strange antimatter thing that's going to cause the world to explode or all of the universe If now you're talking about galaxy guardians of the galaxy or whatever. So I liked how it scaled down and funneled down to that, to that mono e mono fight. So it, it actually is pretty high. Uh, well, I think it's like number 30 on my,
1: Well, the caveat here is I'm not talking about movies that I think should win awards necessarily. You know, my top ten is not my top ten Oscar picks. It's just my top ten favorite movies. Well, clearly, just a reminder. Just a reminder that I don't. I I have no delusions about this being you know exceptional filmmaking and worthy of awards. I just thought it was a great
0: film. It's also up there because Stan Lee is in it.
1: Well, certainly another octogenarian. Yes. Yes. So it's got to be up there. <laughs> my tribute to senior citizens today here on the, uh, the lab <laughs> podcast. Stay tuned for more <laughs> septuagenarians <laughs> and further. I can't wait. Uh, what's your number three?
0: My number three movie is a movie that could easily be my number one. If it weren't, we weren't making personal lists because I think this is the best movie of the year, but it's not my favorite movie of the year. My, the best movie of the year for me is Arrival. It's my number three. Uh, Denis Villeneuve's movie uh, written by Eric Hesserer, based on a 1998 short story by uh, Ted Chang called Story of Your Life. It stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, and Michael Stuhlberg is also in this. Uh, Amy Adams plays Louisa Banks, who is a linguist, who is called on by the military, U.S. military, to Interpret or um, sort translate. of translate the language of these creatures that come from outer space whose, whose view, whose ability to see the world is so different from ours that it creates uh, a gap in our ability to communicate with them. And as an allegory for personal interpersonal relationships – I like the way that it handles that broad scale. But you could also say that, I mean, basically any problem that you have with anybody's almost always boils down to communication. So the way that it deals with our ability to solve problems, communicate with each other, and see the world through someone else's point of view uh, is probably what elevates this movie on a, on a psychological, intellectual level. But then it also has... These great visuals, they do a lot a lot with depth of focus because there are things just on the edges of our understanding. And as the movie progresses, you kind of see how those things that aren't necessarily clear come into focus. And I thought it was Amy Adams' best movie ever as an actress. and She wasn't nominated for an acting award. This movie required one's full attention. Unlike most movies that you see, which you can kind of like yeah, come back to it here and there. Uh, the last movie I could think of that was in the same level was Inception. And those kinds of movies come around only every very few years. You know, maybe three or four years, you might have a movie of this level of elevation. So this was my number three movie of the year.
2: Arrival. That oh, arrives here at number three, just outside my top ten. But this was literally number eleven for me. Yeah, it, it, If I see it again, I, I could definitely see it going up. Uh, and I like Dennis wave uh, Last year, he had our top movie, I believe, with Sicario. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's a very talented filmmaker. I'm glad that he's finally starting to get his due.
0: He's not directing the sequel because he's involved in... They're they're making a direct sequel to that movie, Sicario. Mm-hmm. He is doing a... Ter- not Terminator. Uh, Blade Runner mm-hmm. 2049. Oh, yeah, out with Ryan year, So He can't direct the other movie, but if he brings that same sensibility to this movie and they don't go big action route with Blade Runner, because that, that movie could go either way. It's a very thoughtful science fiction in the realm of like alien.
1: Well, Blade Runner wasn't.
0: No, Blade Runner wasn't, but if Blade Runner ran that ran,
1: it could be on that
0: race. Oh yeah, I know.
1: I know they could certainly Hollywood has a tendency to want to make it. If
0: they don't, if he's able to, to have his vision on the screen, I think it's, it's going to be one of my top movies next year. Uh, I don't know if you saw Double. Was it
2: Double? No, uh, or Enemy. Enemy. Yeah. So I haven't yeah. seen Enemy. I've seen all the other ones
0: because that brings another that movie. Or this movie, Arrival, brings another element of understanding to the movie Enemy, which may just be serendipity. It, it may have been some sort of focus or some there's there's a visual thing that happens in Enemy that ties in with this movie. And uh, it made that movie better. So this movie, Arrival, made Enemy better, which is a movie that not a lot of people really
1: liked. I, I kind of liked Enemy. Are you enemy? talking about is from Enemy from recent, or is this from a long time ago? Uh, it came out
0: last year. got got really limited releases. Jake Gyllenhaal playing two roles. He plays sort of like a doppelganger of himself. Okay. But there's also this weird atmospheric thing going on. And um, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it has a visual connection to Arrival, which, again, that might just be coincidence. I, I don't know. But either way, I, I thought it elevated that movie and made me think of Arrival in a different way. So that's my number three.
2: I like it. Uh, so now we're up to The Silver Medalist.
1: Yes, you are correct. Uh, All
0: right. It's sad. Put a, put a thing in that, because my dad... Just called here, so... I'll just edit this out. But when he called, I answered, and I heard him in the background going, Richard? 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 So... So
2: 49 minutes in.
0: Sorry, he gets very confused. Hi. Hey, I'm in the middle of a podcast here. So sorry about that. Yeah.
1: Is that just plain, or is it like some sort of flavor. Plain. Oh, okay. I mean, sometimes I do flavor. Uh,
0: where are you guys going?
1: I'm just addicted to carbonated water. Red Rub. For a while, I was drinking those flavored seltzers right. they sell uh, All right. I'll try. The store. I'll definitely it's, try. There's no sugar. It's just seltzer with a little bit of flavor. All right. Like the LaCroix. Yeah. yeah uh, that's okay. I, I got my
0: fence up this morning,
2: and I'm over here yeah, those podcasting, are bad, um, so... The Kroger brand stuffs a lot cheaper, and
1: I think it's. Oh bad. yeah, no, right. I was doing. I wasn't always doing okay, the right. I would do off brands or the store brands. Like mm, I wasn't that. Sorry, picky. it was to me. that's about the flavor, not the brand. Like yeah. I don't like lemon or lime, but I like. Um, I like grapefruit. What flavor or did it? I really like? And I drank a lot of coconut. Mm-hmm. That smelled like suntan lotion. I couldn't drink it. Tastes like it too. It's delicious. No,
2: but I think Kroger has suntan-lush the best store. Is brand.
1: Delicious. Yeah, you've never drank it? Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. So That's delicious. That's the best
2: secret ingredient for Sorry. a pina
1: colada. <laughs> little suntan lotion. A squirt. Then it's, it's really good. redolent of the beach. Redolent. Woo. You've been reading a dictionary. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know why people are surprised I have a vocabulary. I'm I, not surprised Ed does the same all. thing when I pull out a big word. He's like, wow. Come on. Like, you know I can. I'm an English teacher, for God's sake. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not talking we're, to Emily we're. Dickinson
0: over here. The last time I saw Redolent was I'm sorry. Was
1: Reminiscent. <laughs> <sighs> I like it. I like Redolent. It's a great word. It is. All
2: sorry, right. Go ahead. Back to number two. All right. Number two. Uh, this is another foreign film that's also a great comedy. This is The Lobster, starring Colin Farrell and Rachel wow. Wise. I
0: jumped way up to the top of your list, man. <laughs> After I reminded you of it,
2: yeah, uh, I had seen it right at the beginning of the year. It's it's been a while. Uh, this movie is a science fiction film. Okay, it, that, it, it, it posits a isn't it more fantasy? Fantasy. This was an argument. we had do the reality. <laughs> That's what I said. Okay. on an episode of the podcast when we reviewed this film. Uh, in the future, if you don't get if you don't have a mate, you get turned into an animal after like thirty days. So uh, Colin Farrell's wife leaves him at the beginning of the movie. So he has to go to the hotel to meet other single people and hopefully find someone. The movie is darkly humorous. There is a scene with John C. Riley and a toaster that I laughed and laughed through and then felt like a horrible person for laughing. And it made me laugh some more (laughs) Uh, laughing at yourself then. Oh yeah. And I mean, there are just some lines about marriage. Like, you know, if, if you're, marriage starts to have difficulty, we will give you a child because children solve all marital problems. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's a universal truth. It's, uh, got one of the great ambiguous endings also at the end of the film. And I know it was on the podcast, but I think right after we saw the film, we probably argued about the ending for 45 minutes. Yeah, it's got a lot to talk about. So uh, I always like the the beer movies where, you know, after a film's done, you want to discuss them. And this one, there is a ton to discuss. Um, it is an oddball film. It's not for everyone. But if you like dark comedies, this is up there. And people should go and see this film. So
1: The Lobster at number two
2: was...
1: Did you see the lobster? I haven't seen it. I've oh. read about it. I know. I mean, I know of it and what it's about, but I haven't actually seen it myself. So um, again, I don't know. Well, I haven't really been on Netflix. I don't know that I've had the opportunity. But yeah, I've been. I've really Netflix. been off Netflix and Amazon and all that. I've been doing a lot of TV, like you yeah. said earlier.
2: Yeah, uh, Lusk
1: for years has been trying to get me to watch uh, the
2: director Jorgos Lantham. Yorgos Lanthimos. His his other films and. For whatever reason, I haven't gotten around to it, but after seeing The Lobster, I, I definitely want to check out more stuff from this director, because he's got sensibilities that line up with my own, apparently.
0: After seeing The Lobster last February, I now want to see these other movies that Richard does. me I've, are good. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're good movies, again, to talk about, like Dogtooth. <laughs> you can see that one, too. Woo! Talk about disturbing. This guy has a weird w- worldview. So, uh... Holy yeah,
2: original though. Good
0: pick. You uh, finished number eleven for me because I thought that you'd be talking about it, and I'm glad I reminded <laughs> you of it so that you could.
2: <laughs>
0: Colin Farrow's best role in a while.
2: Yes. Probably. Since I Undeen. think he
0: gained like since on Dean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> since on Dean, yeah, another guy that uh, makes some weird acting choices. He had the potential to be the next
1: Tom Hanks. Oh, he, yeah, he had the potential to be, and almost anyone in Hollywood, but uh, kind of self-destruct tendencies, I think. So. I think he's on his way back up, though. Yeah, I think well. he's been through rehab or whatever, I don't know.
0: If the lobster is any indication, gotta look for more out of Colin Farrell.
1: Well, he was also in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them this year.
0: Yeah, that's one I didn't catch up with.
1: Is that on your list? No. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, I think he's on his way back up, like yeah, he's. Yeah he's finding his place again. And I think he, I think he could reach his full potential actually. Cause he's kind of, you know, excellent being able to be in a movie like that and be in a big, huge Harry Potter movie. You know, mm-hmm. you're definitely on someone's radar. All right. Number two for you. My number two, um, would be my number one picked for movie of the year. If I was thinking award season. Um, but as far as enjoyable movies, um, or favorite movies, or whatever we're calling this, um, it is my number two. It is Moonlight. It is up for Best Picture at the Oscars. It's one of the three big contenders um, going up against La La Land. Um, I had read much about it. It's been praised and already won a bunch of other awards and other award circuits, and it's worthy of all of them. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was um, uh, fascinating and touching, um it explores one boy's struggle to become a man and his uh struggle as a man to heal his inner child it kind of follows one boy from childhood through adolescence and into adulthood um and of course touches on all all kinds of other things along the way it's an interesting movie um in that it's very lyrical and poetic there's a lot of um, a lot of silence and imagery. Um, the, I think the script is somewhat sparse. I don't think there's tons of dialogue in many scenes, um, especially the first, the youngest boy who plays the main character, who's simply referred to as Little. They, we don't even learn his name until the middle of the movie. Um, he doesn't actually say a whole lot. Everything's through his eyes and through his viewpoint. And so we're focused on his expression, his face. Um, so as I said, it, it touches on a variety of different things, family, both positive and negative, um, the complexities of the con- contradictory nature of human beings. I thought it was blisteringly realistic exploration of se- sexuality and homosexuality within the difficult circumstance of adolescence. Uh, it also touches on bullying, drug abuse and addiction and abusive relationships and yet it comes back to my continuing thread of the beauty of the effects of kindness. <laughs> um, despite the uh, somewhat tragic circumstances of the life that the, he's subjected to, that he has to grow up in, uh, he is shown kindness by a variety of different people along the way that um, help him in his growth as a human being. Um, I also think in retrospect and reflection on this list and the more I've thought about the movie after seeing it, um, it also talks about, uh, the idea that appearances can be deceiving, that, um, it's easy to judge other people when you haven't lived their lives. Um, I think it would be very easy to see (coughs) a person like him at any stage in his life and make pre have preconceived ideas about who he is. And this movie kind of makes a case for you have no idea. Um, I also, of course, want to talk about the direction, including the writing by Barry Jenkins, who did both. Um, It is as masterful as La La Land, um, with a very, very different kind of film, obviously, than a movie musical. And I thought the acting was also exceptional. Uh, Two of the actors are nominated, Maharshala Ali, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly, and Naomi Harris as his mother and his father figure, I think, is the best word to describe him. And I especially wanted to note um, the three actors who play the main character, um, Alex R. Hibbert, Ashton Sanders, and Trevante Rhodes. The three of them, with the director's help, um, do an exceptional job of creating a very convincing person. All three of these actors with the director work to create what felt like one person, which I think is pretty incredible considering it covers such a large section of his life that it didn't feel like three different actors. It felt like the same person to me. So I um, I was deeply touched, and parts of it were difficult for me to watch because of my own adolescence. Uh, As
0: a, a, a urban um, drug dealer in the yeah. inner city, without, um, growing up without a parent.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, it has a, a fairly ambiguous ending, which my sister hated. She went and saw it with me, my younger sister. Um, but I actually uh, enjoyed the, the ambiguity of the ending uh, because I don't think, I think it touches on that idea of the life of a person. You don't, we don't know where he's going to go. You have to make up your own mind about where you think he's going to go um, based on everything you've seen. So and they, I really like that. These three actors look alike? Um, no. Not really. You can look at them on. You can Google them on yeah, the internet. Um, I I don't think they necessarily. I mean, I think there's maybe enough of a resemblance, but I I really think it's the acting. And there are some there are some facial expressions and gestures that kind of sh- recur. Hmm. Like that's why I credit the director. I think right. he worked with the actors to kind of, you know, we're going to make this character, and he kind of has some gestures or facial expressions that just keep showing up over and over again. So there's a stare
2: um, that the character uses, yeah this yeah doesn't want like, to give anything away yeah um yeah it, it's boyhood on a time crunch
1: well and if, it's you, it's also you 17
2: years to just keep well, don't back. say
0: boyhood if you expect
1: me to watch it no no not at all that's a horrible movie not at it's
0: all not a, it's not hor- it's not a good <laughs> it is not a good
2: movie I, I agree with a lot of what Lasky said i, I thought though the relationship the, the love relationship didn't work for me a lot of the other stuff I thought um the kid struggles with all pretty much all the adults in his life I thought that stuff was real good cinematography and I I enjoyed the silence like we don't need to over talk these scenes because and I think that makes them come off as much more realistic sometimes the most important conversations in your life are four or five sentences
0: so they talk Um, like real people talk then that's one of the things I hate about movies is the way that it's stylized, language there, and there's dialogue. one
2: monologue that um, Wong gives about his childhood in Jamaica, and that came off. That was a little long.
0: Screenwritery,
2: yeah. But apparently, the director Barry Jenkins, he said there's a lot of autobiographical stuff in here. Um, his own mother can't watch the film. Like she's tried a couple times to go and watch it, and she can't bring herself to do that. that guilt. I think it's even more complicated than that. Um, It's an interesting film. Uh, There's definitely a lot to like about it.
1: Well, I would say about the love relationship, um, I think relationships between children are strange and messy and don't always make sense. And, you know, they met as young kids, and they were both confused about their sexuality as kids and even in a, as adults they're still somewhat confused by their sexuality so I think mm-hmm. I think that relationship made sense in its own way because they there's a, a theory about um, there's kind of a delayed adolescence for many people who grow up as homosexuals because they don't get to have the same kind of normal adolescence that that heterosexual children get to yeah, so, th-
2: that's not what bothered me. It's that middle section. There are a bunch of events that take place in like less than 24 hours, it feels. And that I went, eh, that's just not working. Okay. You know, that that part was so fast where. Right, right. I get your saying. The first half, now. they're good at jumping around. So it's a more f- than. Yeah, but you, I get what you're you, you saying. feel that time is passing. You understand that these relationships have developed over time.
1: Well, he's trying to fit a lot into yeah. a little two hour movie. Like, I see what you're saying now. It does kind of. Yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't sure what you were talking about, but I get it now. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Well, my number two movie is a very different movie.
1: <laughs> probably.
0: It's not necessarily an action movie, though, and it is kind of deep and thoughtful. I really enjoyed this year, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water is uh, probably the best Western i think get. it's
1: up for best picture isn't it
0: it is yeah
1: it should be uh sure jeff bridges should be up for an acting award too if he's not he is uh, it's like his 27th thousandth nomination or something.
0: <laughs> i don't know if he will win i think actually is marish ali the best supporting actor or best
1: actor best supporting he'll win that he should probably win that i like i said i haven't looked at the i haven't really studied that list I, I, enough I, to make those decisions but that's my that's my pick probably
0: but we'll, we'll get into the yeah that's, later on. yeah, that's I've another
1: podcast. I'm sorry, I've talked too much about the Oscars here.
0: Um, this is a Western heist crime sort of neo. I don't know really how to categorize it, except for it's just good. <laughs> it fits into the good <laughs> genre of movies. It was uh, written by Taylor Sheridan, and the script was on the blacklist for a while. It was the number one movie in 2012 it's about two brothers who carry out some bank robberies to save their ranch in a way and uh that's the that's sort of the a plot the two brothers are played by chris pine and ben foster toby and tanner howard and then the b plot is the guy who's chasing them jeff bridges and his partner gil birmingham plays alberto parker And the thing that I like most about this movie is the different ways you could look at it or the different character's eyes that you could look at. You could look at it as a movie about Jeff Bridges and his journey, and you could look at it as a movie about Chris Pine and his journey. And I think that they're
1: both equally strong uh, in terms of, you know. Does that touch on the title of the movie then? One is hell and one is high water? Well, just curious. Yeah, I, don't I guess know. I, so. seen it. I I'm not really it. sure.
0: I mean, that's just an expression, you know. No, I know the expression. You're in I'm a just weird yeah.
1: if they one was more hell and one was more high one. No, like I think both, they're kind both of hell. A mix of the two. <laughs> they're both kind of hell. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's all right. It's
0: a for me it's a the thing about it is it it's a genre movie but it plays with genre conventions and I couldn't for the most part I couldn't really tell where it was going. There was one part that towards the end, where I was like, whatever. Made it a little bit lesser than what it might have been otherwise, but uh, for me, there's there's nothing better than watching a pretty good chase film where the, the the main character, the guy who's doing the chasing, is sort of trying to noodle things out and go about it procedurally. And then maybe his, his thought process just doesn't match up, but he still sort of relentlessly searching for those things like a dog with a bone and uh, just there was a there was a, rea- a realism to it uh, I think Katie Mixon's role in it as the uh, I think an uh, uh, waiter or waitress in one of these small diners probably is one of the best supporting. Little small scenes that that there's lines of dialogue in it where you kind of see her struggles as well without really even going into her character it's just like flavoring in this uh this grandiose meal that is hell (laughs) or high water so i was really into this movie
2: it was my number one pick
1: oh all right way to go wow bury the lead
2: (laughs) well i'm just gonna let him talk um no, I, I agree. This movie has a wonderful cast. And, you know, you talked about Katie, uh, Mitson and she's arguably the second best waitress in this film. Yeah. The other uh, waitress. Th- th- there's, there's another one. one. Where are you not having? That's one of the best <laughs> comedic scenes of the year. And, um, I thought the action was all very well done. Uh, tons of suspense though. That's not a surprise because this film, like you said, was written by Taylor Sheridan who wrote Sicario that we both loved last year. Um, I think I'm always going to love Westerns and I'm glad that we're finding ways to make a modern Western in a lot of ways. This is a spiritual successor to no country for old men and would play wonderful as a double feature with that. So, um, and I mean, that's how I've described it to people so that they kind of get an understanding. Uh, Also, I thought Ben Foster was fantastic and I thought he was a horrible actor after seeing him in uh, Warcraft earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, so to I've done a. Complete he was terrible in that, him. but yeah, and I just I but thought he's been he was very good in a lot of other. Oh things. yeah, yeah. Was, yeah,
0: I've never. He was great but, in Three Ten to Yuma.
2: That's the I, role he's playing here. Is that same character? Yeah, but I, and I mean, going back and looking for him in Three Ten to Yuma, I see him, but I've never really noticed him before. I'm surprised so I've you're going to judge him. an
1: actor's ability to act based on a movie like Warcraft.
2: Well that's because I noticed <laughs> how bad it was, and I'm like, who is this guy? Who's trying to look like Jared Leto. Is it really him being bad or
1: is it just a bad movie? movie. I
2: don't know, but I, but I noticed it and then this movie came out and I'm like, and I noticed him. Arguably he's my favorite character in this film.
0: Okay. He's probably the least of mine, but I can see they're all four strong characters. I did not like the contrivances with him. Sure. But that was the only weak point I saw, but his mannerisms and affectations were, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were enjoyable. This is one of those rare rare movies that's enjoyable and uh, intellectual at the same time. It asks a lot of questions about, uh, you know, who, friendship, really, and, like, responsibility to each other, brotherhood,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: responsibility to family. There's a line in it where uh, Chris Pine says, I've been poor my whole life, like a disease passing from generation to generation. And then, uh, you know, that struggle. And I knew those people when I was in AmeriCorps. and. south texas and when i was in san antonio so i mean the setting alone was appealing and i've seen well waitresses like the one that you that you mentioned who's a real who's actually a real waitress i can't remember the name <laughs> but uh it was that's a real slice of life if you're into bank robbing and uh you know being a fbi agent who isn't uh yeah if,
2: if that's your real life I, i'm it's exceedingly glad that this got nominated for Best Picture. I don't think it'll win. I do think that's a shame. I'm
0: afraid it might get shut out. It's got yeah. four nominations and it might it might not win any of them. But it is my number two and you're number one. That's so my number one. This might have to be the, well, I don't know, might be the, pod, the Laugh Podcast Movie of the Year. We'll have to find out at the end here.
1: Is this in your list anywhere? No, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were looking for a segue that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Sorry.
2: All right, wow,
1: this So we like I don't think ones. our list. You and I. I don't think our list intersected at all. We and no, I'm not surprised.
0: Well, we still have number one left.
1: Well, I'm, i would. I would probably.
0: We don't think we have the same number. Drop one? a
1: load if I if we had the same number one. Honestly, I'm not going to promise anything. You don't think but, he put Finding Dory as his number one as well? <laughs> that's not my number one. I'm. I'm
0: more intrigued to find out your number one than well, you are to find out mine. So I think I'll. I'll give mine 1st we I'll save you for last.
1: Sure. Nope.
0: However you want to do it. It's your podcast. I'm just a guest. Well, my number one has already been talked about, and it's a deeply personal film for me. Okay. Uh, Hunt for the wilder People. This is my number one movie of the year. Deeply personal? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know about
2: this time. Are you secretly a wilder-, Peer- wilder person? <laughs>
0: I feel that I am a wilder person. No, I saw this with my dad about a month after my mother had passed. Oh, okay. And there's a scene in the movie early on where the female character who... His is his mother, she becomes his mother character, uh, Aunt Bella, played by Rima Te Wata. Wata, I don't know. This is New Zealand. <laughs> they, she comes into this kid's life. She's the only person that's ever shown him love in a motherly way. and You know, giving him any sort of feeling of home or whatever, and then she dies immediately. And uh, you see Sam Neill's character who's married to her but has like this sort of like Loved, no, he doesn't even love uh, the young Julian, young Ricky, who's the star of the movie. He sort of it pushes him away, for the most part. At this key point in the movie, they're drawn together. And uh, you see Uncle Heck, Sam Neill, sort of cradling uh, Aunt Bella. and I, And my dad was sitting right next to me. And so the emotions that he had, just a short period of time before... I could kind of like feel in me as well. And it was like displayed on the screen and I was somewhat taken up. I mean, I was, I didn't know that this was going to happen and I was nervous thinking about it when I was going to, you know, cause I was with my dad and we were in Williamsburg and uh, i was like, we're going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to process some things. And he allowed as to how it was tough for him to watch, but, he wishes that there were more movies like this available for people to see. And he's like, why do we have to watch so much crap all the time when this kind of movie is out there? He's like, this is, this is just a wonderful movie all the way around. And he thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's hilarious. It's also very moving. And then it allowed me to process a lot of my feelings that I sort of suppressed. Cause I'm, I mean, unless it's an animal getting hurt or injured, I don't really have a personal connection <laughs> with movies at all. Like human beings in movies because they're, they don't, really behave in any kind of way that seems realistic to me. But here, although there's a heightened reality going on here, it was able to display the full range of emotions with, um, you know, loss and grief and then moving on and, uh, you know, fighting through the rest of your life. And then you have to make connections with people. If you want to have a strong connection and you're just going to let the world take over, then fine. But if you, if you're going to actually move through this world, you're going to have to make connections with other people and, I don't know. There were all those sub themes that were playing out and then just insane amounts of, uh, just humor that like, I think it's sort of like along the lines of, um, Oh, uh, for me, uh, the, the Napoleon dynamite, I I know you didn't really love that movie or not, but there are some things (laughs) I'm just saying that there were some things in it with the heightened reality part where, uh, some of the dialogue comes off as just funny to me. And I, I don't know if it'd be funny to everybody, but I don't okay, know. It's so slightly off-kilter worldview. just to
2: compare this to Napoleon Dynamite and to get that stank on this film is nah, that's just wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good movie. It's a funny movie. Uh, Taika Waititi did What We Do in the Shadows. It makes me really excited to see Thor and Gork, which is coming up. And uh, it's my number one film of the year, Hunt for the Wilder People. So if you get a chance Mr. Lasky you can watch it and then maybe you see if it fits on your list somewhere. Okay. This was number 4 on your Three. list. 3 or 4? Yeah.
1: yeah, there are quite a few movies that I still want to see that might have made my list but you know. So yours is obviously Rogue One. He already said his number one.
2: Yeah, I, I said hello. I, I, I was talking w- to you. Oh. Oh, Lasky, I hope not.
1: It's not. You're Rogue not coming one. back next year then. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is another true story in fact. It's so true. It's a documentary. Oh, okay. <laughs> my number one pick for my favorite movie of the year, based on the 37 that I saw, um, is a documentary uh, called Wiener about oh. um, Anthony Weiner, who was um, in the middle of his campa- campaign to be mayor of New York. And um, it literally chronicles his political and personal life imploding. Um, and he wanted this thing documented, um, even though he didn't know what was going to happen, but he allowed it to continue and be released. Um, and it's it's fascinating. It really is um, to watch. Um, I said it was a portrait of hubris, hubris and self-absorption that he was so... Um, caught up in his own ego and life story and political morass that he could not see what was so obvious to anyone watching this it's 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 kind of like watching a very slow car crash and the car just keeps crashing and crashing and (laughs) crashing and you know it's going to happen and he just can't he's got blinders on for some reason he just does not there's you almost think that there's something wrong with him, that he can't see what is so obvious. Um, I think actually there is something in there about, um, what did I say? Uh, Well, we're, we're complex creatures, and we can be blind to our own flaws and excuse ourselves from our own errors. I just think he was blind to what were some very obvious character deficiencies. Um, But it also, of course, speaks to the corrupting power of fame, the addictive dangers of popularity and social media. And it is a fascinating exploration of our modical political process that has been distorted by the importance of fundraising and popularity. And he's also, I think, a pretty good example of the modern tragic hero. He just can't stop himself from ruining his own life. Um, So who knows if he would have ever been a great leader? We'll never know
2: well he they started following him
1: because they felt he was going to be
2: the next mayor
1: yeah no so he they had were, great s- political promise he was very popular people thought he was going to be mayor he thought he was going to be mayor everyone thought he was so the be documentary
2: mayor. crew is with him before the scandal breaks. oh yeah oh yeah yeah no. so you really get to settle well, this, in with it it's and the and
0: second it's, scandal it's not the last scandal
2: it's, it's not the last scandal it. the first scandal well it's well, not
1: there for well, the, the first recent, no the that first scandal just made just came in, out like there's been ago. three scandals that yeah. surround this guy. It gets the two of them. It does not get. Oh, the I didn't know there, there was a. Th- yeah. Oh, the, the third th- scandal. The, is the third the was the Hillary Clinton emails Hillary showing Trump. up on her oh, okay. his ex wife's email or his account. He potentially his email account. He potentially could be she's, more
0: responsible for her losing the election than Donald Trump.
1: His ex wife <laughs> is on Clinton's. She's one of. Hillary Clinton's campaign advisors. And the emails no, didn't show up just on hers, but also on his laptop or his email account or whatever. Yeah, yeah, And his... So it I was beyond her and yeah. her advisors. It, it reached back to Anthony Weiner, yeah. His last... <laughs> his he, l- that's the gift that keeps on giving.
0: So do you think there's a fourth act for this guy? Because he only went to rehab. He's never really being held accountable for the pedophilia, the potential well, pedophilia the- in terms of... Poor- like child I, porn or whatever. I can
1: say that um, the movie ends with him saying he's done with social media and he's getting back on the right track <laughs> and he's getting his life back together and it, it, it's, it's all in the past. But in the, I guess this is giving away. It's just a spoiler, but they say he keeps on texting. He never well, gives up the social media. Well, not only, he only that, keeps going. He
0: derailed it. a. Well, Major party candidates. They didn't know they that. They haven't gotten the there yet. Was, they
1: need a coda. Right. The movie wasn't, the they movie was already add. done and released in theaters when that happened. <laughs> I know. It came out but long I'm, before the election. I think, um, I don't know. I've, I think it's, I think that would be a huge leap. I don't know that he has any credibility left anywhere, Could I but um, I don't think it'll be the last time we hear of him, Excellent. but I don't think it'll be for the right reasons. No, I think his political career is is over, unless he's going to be like you know Marion Barry, council city yeah, leader would have said that of Marion Barry was caught smoking crack on tape. I <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. Counsel. There is a possibility. There's always <laughs> a possibility. I awesome. mean, there have been more second and third and fourth acts from people you never would have thought. All right, but I I would find that very 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 surprising and and highly doubtful. I haven't seen it yet of you. No, it's one that I do want to catch up with. Much well, I actually like- saw it on HBO. I don't. I didn't see it in the theater, and it's on HBO right now. And that's how I've seen it six or seven times already. Like tonight, if I was flipping channels and it was on, I'm telling you, I would watch it again. It's just it's amazing. It's you can't believe it's happened, and you keep thinking someone's going to stop this. Someone's going to talk sense into him. So he's going to figure it. Like. You just can't believe it keeps going and the, the car ridiculous. keeps crashing. And and I also think I, I made a note here about um how politics distorts human relationships. Like I think there's another story there about his wife who's working with Hillary Clinton, like you know, and it kind of ties into Clinton staying Hillary staying with Bill all those years back, and she stays with him through the whole first scandal much longer than you think she will. And so when she finally does leave, you kind of think. Is this about him, or is this about her own political career? You know, it's hard to parse. Where does she fall in all this? Well, she didn't even
0: really leave by the end of the second one. She's yes, just, she, she was. She still... filed
1: for divorce.
0: Okay, in the movie. Well, you would know yeah. that more they they, than me, they filed. I, I she filed before.
1: for divorce, but then they reconciled, and yeah. they ended up not divorcing. But no, by the end of this, the movie that is filmed and in theaters or whatever, yeah, she they're divorced. Huh. It's over. But it, she stayed in it so long, you kind of wonder, is this woman crazy does she really really love him that much or you know it's there there's fascinating scenes of the two of them where she's in the background and you you actually are watching her not him like what is going through her mind and you can there's this tension that you can almost see it's like clouds that follow them like because he's talking to the camera he's you know she doesn't really participate in the actual documentary other than of course she's always there and she's in the background, but she doesn't talk a lot. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. do lots of interviews with her, but you constantly see her and you're just like, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I could watch it 10 more times.
0: Well, women wear their emotions a lot more easily. She's kind of unreadable though. You can't, I I couldn't figure
1: her out. I kept looking and, you know, facial expressions and, You know, obviously she's irritated and angry, but... That's what I mean. She's still there. Like, I just couldn't figure her out. And I still don't know, did she finally have enough? Or was it really about her political career? Or did Hillary Clinton say, get him out of your life now? Mm -hmm. You know, was she issued an ultimatum and she had no choice? I don't know. I could not... So I said, I think there's another story with her.
0: I wonder if I would have
1: guessed Wiener...
0: Before. So I'm pretty sure
1: you would never have guessed that was my name
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I would guessed Wiener or Cafe Society for Bull. <laughs> oh,
1: who won? Or,
0: yeah Who won? No, 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 if I would have guessed that Well, I certainly won this
1: I certainly won part two, you have to concede that Alright He can win part one, I
2: won <laughs> part you You're the winner, I had
1: Joshy You might be the overall
2: winner Though you would have guessed Joshi at some point. I would have guessed Joshi at some point.
1: Yeah, if I had given you a hundred guesses, I don't think you would have guessed Wiener. <laughs> no, bro. I, I never
0: would have gotten... I never would have gotten Cafe Society. I know that.
1: Well. All right. Again, I'm telling you, I was as surprised as you are because when I... High praise, high praise. When I sat down and did this, I, was, I had to put it on the list because I saw it. Keeps it moving it's up the list. Oscars, Keeps moving but up. I, but yeah, it kept moving up. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Because I don't know.
0: Well, all right. So, what were your uh, top five?
1: Again? Uh top five. Number Running five was uh, number five was Fences. Number four was La La Land. Number three, Captain America: Civil War. Number two, Moonlight, and number one, Wiener. Barely an octogenarian on the list there. <laughs> uh,
2: mine were joshy at five at four the nice guys three is hunt for the wilder people two was uh or er,
1: you left off the lobster oh you're lobster reading your old number list. Two,
2: yeah <laughs> and uh hell or high waters one yeah So i'm sorry what got g-
1: kicked off the list when you realized you forgot the lobster i'm just curious uh
2: green room oh, okay. that would be somewhere but everything's so fluid and there's so many movies that i wish that I could have put on the list. Um,
0: number five for me was Silence. I had The Witch at number four. Number three for me was Arrival. Then Hell or High Water at number two, and the number one movie of the year, obviously the best movie for all of all of the lists, was Hunt for the Wilder People.
1: Actually, I have a question. After our podcasting to, together here today, what's what if you could see anything? What would be the very next movie you would see, like tonight?
2: Uh, I think my wife and I are trying to see La La Land. Yeah. Um, do that as a date night movie. So
1: I
0: think the movie I'm I'm most upset about having missed is La La Land. But your your dissertation on Moonlight makes me want to see it more than I would have before. I mean, those are the two movies that I know are Best Picture nominations that I haven't seen yet. Uh, that I probably wanted to see most. What about you? Oh uh, well, it's
1: probably Hunt for the Wilder People.
2: All right. So, I can't Society. promise I'm seeing it tonight because
1: I actually have plans to go out with a friend. But um, I think that'll probably be the next thing I see. Well, all right. But yeah, I'm. I don't know about Hell or High Water. I'm sure it's good, and you know I'm not a Western fan, yeah. so mm-hmm. I don't know if I actually see it.
0: Well, fair enough. I think then we have to name uh, Hunt for the Wilder People the number one movie of the year f- of I, the last podcast
2: movie. I'm earlier. fine with that pick.
0: All right. Last year was Sicario. This year, Hunt for the Wilder People. But in order to to put the exclamation point at the end, we'll wait until we do the Oscar show and and hopefully by then you will have seen it and you can come back. Well I was gonna it. say
1: I was hoping we were gonna do an Oscar show. So mm-hmm. yeah, my list will to. be very different. This list was not written with the Oscars in mind. It was really just the movies that I enjoyed the most and would see again.
0: Any movies that you did see that, that you did see that you weren't able to put in your top ten? Like w- you, you wanted to mention. Well, one, Arrival was one number movie. 11.
1: If I was going to mention one movie. One movie that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. That was in your top uh, 20.
0: Top 20. Mr. Bull? The Bronze. Okay. Well, that was in the top <laughs> five. Because there's a big. Was that uh, this year? Yeah. <laughs> there's a. There's a. The Big Bang Theory theme that's underlying a lot of our picks this year. Oh, so.
2: yeah. Uh, that would be three different movies, yeah, right? I Florence, to... Fa- Floster, Jenkins, and uh, Hidden Fences. Right. <laughs> and Inside Out, o- Kelly o- Cooper. Only if you're Michael Keaton. <laughs> right.
1: Did you have any? Uh, yes, I realized um, my pick would be Deadpool, which was number 13 for me. Mm, strong. A lot of
0: the people thought it should have been nominated for an Academy Award. Here's a movie that you might not have seen that I think both of you would enjoy, Love and Friendship. Kate Beckinsale's uh, and Chloe Sevigny's period piece by. Oh, okay. uh, It's. Well, I'm not using period as a, uh, <laughs> a pun. No, or no. I'm just
2: surprised that you would I watch didn't that. I know you type
0: saw it. Film.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised you saw Number it. Number
0: 12. Kate Beckinsale should have won an Academy Award nomination, or should have gotten an Academy Award nomination for that. It's the best acting performance I've seen all year.
1: Really?
0: Yep. Male or female. It's awesome. Hmm. I love that movie. I'd watch Love and Friendship right now if I could.
1: Okay. Was, wow. uh,
0: Love and friendship. I wanted to put it on the list, but then I had to get cute with Ten Cloverfield Lane, and put that in at ten. So that That's was number list. twenty for me. Love on, and only, friendship.
1: Oh no, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Only because of the ending again. Ooh, that might be the only crossover. Honestly, that you and I the, in yeah, in terms the of first. 20s. I would say the, the first three quarters of that movie, I was in all in, and I was ready to go anywhere. And then it just, I just thought it derailed. But excellent. I. I wish he had figured out a way to do something else. I just didn't like the ending. So but the looking? first three quarters of the movie, mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. Really strong, powerful, great writing, great acting. So I don't argue at all that you put it as high on your list as you did. Fair enough. So not that's that you our, care.
0: <laughs> I do care, actually. I do care a great deal what you think. And thanks for showing up and letting everybody oh, else I on always our audience this. know what you think. It's fun. As You really brought it this year. You, z- you won well, the second I, episode of the podcast.
1: Well, that's not really what I was trying to do, but I, okay. I think I spent more time putting Important. my list together than I did last year. I think <laughs> last year it was a little bit haphazard and slapdash and last minute. <laughs> uh, so thank you again for showing up. Thank
0: you for having me. Thank you, Mr. Bull.
2: It's been a pleasure.
0: And uh, I'm uh, Mr. Lusk, and I, I want to say that the quote for the year is, would that it were so simple. et <laughs> <laughs> bonum, everybody.
2: There be dragons.
1: So, of course, my question to you is, are you going to go see A Dog's Life?
2: Hell to the no.